If you want to know anything and everything there is to know about how to sell your house, you're in the right spot, my friend. Welcome to the How to Sell a House podcast. Welcome back to the How to Sell a House podcast. Today's episode is going to be right up my court. How to price a house. One of my favorite things running CMAs. We're going to get in some real estate lingo here, but we're going to break it down for you guys and kind of tell you what it is, how we do it, and give you all the insight on kind of how to price a house or as you look at it, how what's what's your house worth kind of thing. So, Chris, what's a CMA? A CMA is a comparative market analysis. There you go. If you will. Like I just said, what's my house worth? Actually, that's kind of not true. What, what your house is worth is what a, a buyer is willing to pay for it, but how to price your house is one way to set yourself up to get the most money possible when you do sell your house. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Chris Erickson. I'm Cassidy Lewis. And Lauren Sanders with the Beach Life Group. And this is where you come to learn everything and anything you need to know about how to sell your house. We have a ton of resources over at podcast.com. So go check those out. And if you guys are selling in San Diego, hit us up. All our info's on there. But if you're not in San Diego, let's say you're in Tulsa, it's so funny. I was just thinking Tulsa. <laughs> what about what about Enid, Oklahoma? Enid, yeah. We'll have to do some research, but I know we have some people out there for sure. Uh, all the main places, New York, Miami. Houston, Austin. Houston, Austin. Florida, everywhere in Florida. Miami. Yeah. Idaho New York, is a big one Idaho, right now. Yeah. yeah, Aspen. Where else? Montana. Maui, my favorite. Oh, Maui. Yeah, definitely Maui. So we have a great network of... Oh, hold on. We're getting a call from one of our network right now. All right, so Lauren got a FaceTime call from our Maui agent, actually, right there. No, just kidding. But anyways, we do and have it a great... it looks beautiful out there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we have a great network of other agents, so we can connect you with somebody fantastic in your neck of the woods. Yeah, just go check out the website. We've got a ton of other resources. All of our other episodes are over there as well. But let's get into how to price a house. So first thing is a CMA. This is how we kind of chat with sellers about what's happening in their neck of the woods, what's happening in their neighborhood, what their house is potentially worth. Or when you hear agents say we're running comps, all that kind of stuff, this is kind of what that all entails. Basically, a CMA is an estimate of a home's value based on recently sold, similar properties in the media area, and real estate agents and brokers like we are. Well, agents. Lauren's a broker. These help, these help set your listing price for their home. So it's part art, part science. The more experience you have, the more neighborhood knowledge you have, the more you know about the house. The more houses you've seen. That's what I was more houses say. you've yeah. seen. We look at a lot of houses yeah. too. Yeah. One, one thing about the CMA, just from a timing standpoint, that really depends on the market is if the market is flat to moving down, you're going to look at the solds basically only. That's mm-hmm. the important part of the equation as far as what your home might be worth from yep. a pricing standpoint doesn't matter what somebody's asking. And then if the market's moving up, you might be looking more at the pendings. You look at the solds because you know this is what comparable sales are, but pendings could be a little higher. So that's what, when Chris says it's an art form, there's some you know market feel and experience and all of those things go into it depending on what the market's like. So part of what you want to do when you're you know a good agent, obviously, is checking the pendings. And when they show up to give you the CMA, they're going to Hopefully I have an idea of this house was listed at 1.1 million. I talked to the agent. They won't tell me the exact price, but it's one two-ish. And so and and so there'll be conversations like that so you can hone in a little better on the price. When the market's moving quickly in either direction, 
that's a critical part of what's happening because that's the most immediate. That's somebody that walked in off the street a week or two ago, put the home in escrow. And that puts us to kind of gets us to the next point too. Chris is definitely uh, our, my resident uh, go-to for running comps uh, for our clients. Why do you say, tell, we, tell us why you say that. Cause I know that it's important what he's doing. Chris he's putting just, these together. He, he definitely just has that, that numbers brain uh, <laughs> like where he just has a, I know he has a good feel for the market cause we're out looking at houses together and, and working together on all our deals. And uh, so I know he has that part and, but just the numbers part of it, he just has a good grasp of. So I, not that I don't, but he just has a better grasp of it. So we, we lean on our strengths and weaknesses too. So, um, but then part of also when Chris runs comps, he'll have his, his analysis of the, of the comparable sales, but then he'll put together um, a list of what all of the real estate sites say your house is worth. So he'll go through that assessment. He'll go through the Redfin one. He'll get the realtor.com. He'll get all the sites that give you their thought on what your house is worth. He'll put together that list as well, um, just as an extra tool to be able to see. Because everybody, all the buyers that come in are going to look at those same things too, and they're going to see, well, Zillow thought our house that house was worth a hundred thousand under what your list price is. You got to have the backup to to show why that is, because that is. It also gives factor. you an expectation of here's what if we really believe your house is a million two, but Zillow's saying it's nine fifty. You're going to have those objections, mm-hmm. and so it prepares you for that. Yep. But um, yeah, that's always. I mean, you got as much information as you can get about your specific area. And one of the data points, I guess we look at a bunch of data points, mm-hmm. but um, one of them is what these different Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com. You know, there's a bunch of them with their algorithms. What are they saying? It's funny. What, what's funny about some of them that I've noticed is they're significantly off and then the house closes and they move it to where it looks like it was always kind of in line with where you're at. Or it comes it's on kind the, of tricky. Or when it comes on the market. Yeah, yeah. It somehow adjusts. Yeah. It went up 400000 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So the, the real problem with those algorithms is if somebody hasn't sold a house in a long time, they can be off yeah. significantly. Well, and also those websites can't know what they've done to the house. That's the big thing is they can't know the condition. It may have sold, like you said, 20 years ago. And they couldn't have touched it. Like, they didn't do anything. It still got shag carpet and tile it's, it's counters and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's a teardown. <laughs> or they could have completely remodeled it and done everything. And it's a brand new house, essentially. Yep. So there's no way for those, you know, the computer systems and algorithms and all that to know exactly what the condition is. And condition is a big part of price. And then as you're looking at all the numbers and stuff, and like we mentioned, the biggest weight should be put on sold. And then pendings, like we said, could kind of be if you chatted with the agents on the other side, get an idea. But if you look at the actives too, there is some value in looking at what's active on the market because it will, if it's still on the market, when your house hits the market, it will be competition. And if all the houses in the in the neighborhood have gone under contract and sold, you know, in seven or 14 days and this house has been sitting for 21, 30 days or whatever. One of the things could be that price. So that that's kind of where the value comes in on those active listings. If you could kind of get an idea of, well, what your competition's priced at. Just one little, one little note on that too, is when you're sitting down with an agent to chat about listing your house, great idea to ask the agent to put together a search for you in your neighborhood too. Just so even when you're before, when you get preparing and getting it all ready, you can see when houses pop on in your neighborhood. And maybe you're keeping a close eye on your favorite website, but it's good to have that 
uh, extra just knowledge bank to know like what things are happening as you're preparing. And then once you're on too, say you're on a week and all of a sudden another house comes on the market, you want to be prepared to to make decisions if you need to make decisions. So putting together CMA, if it's, you know, comparing apples to apples is super easy. Same street, same side of the street, same floor plan, all that. That's easy stuff to kind of compare. But some of the factors that do influence price quite significantly is obviously the big one. It's the probably the most famous real estate line of all time. And that's just location, location, location. So this can be good location or bad location. So like in our market, you can be in, you know, one of our communities that have ocean front, bluff front homes that obviously that's a huge positive and huge factor. And then you could go, you know, two minutes away and they've got huge power lines or you've got freeway noise or you've got whatever <laughs> well real quick on those bluff tops you can go across the street and yeah, there's yeah. a significant difference right. in prices like on neptune avenue which is like a really expensive street over here in encinitas the bluff front oceanfront homes are significantly more pri- or higher priced than just across the street the, the other one too for houses i've seen people run comparables and they pull in two stories and one stories and they've got a two story and their only comps are Two one stories, similar square footage. Mm-hmm. One stories in our market might be different other places. There aren't many of them. They always sell for more per square foot, mm-hmm. like always. So, and there's some places in newer neighborhoods, neighborhoods where this is an a, a attractive floor plan. People like this, mm-hmm. and it's twenty four hundred square feet. And the one that's twenty eight hundred sells for less than the twenty four hundred because mm-hmm. of the floor plan. So there's. They're more the art of the figuring it out. That's part of it too, is to understand what's people like, mm-hmm. you know, what factors that people are willing to pay for. And then also just on that location part too, not specific to like being close to the water or power lines or whatever, but also uh, school boundaries. So definitely something to keep in consideration. There's obviously school districts across the country that are more sought after than others. So that is a factor. There's places in our market where the school boundaries are a jagged line of confusion. (laughs) So we have to be very diligent about, and they do, and they change. Yeah. And so we have to be kind of diligent about making sure that when we're running comps, we're not crossing that school border because that is a huge factor for a lot of people. Also, you know, on the negative side too, proximity to freeway, we have the five freeway going North and South on the West of the five. There's usually like a high premium, but even houses West of the five that are right on the freeway, they, they sit quite a bit longer and do not have as much value. So freeways are a huge factor or major streets. We have big power lines uh, in here going through a lot of San Diego. Smelly areas. Dumps, <laughs> if you got dairies. Do we if have you smelly got... areas? We used to. I mean, the dairy. The out in San Marcos, yeah. there was one that you went through. Mm, yeah. Where what, what dairy was that out there? Hollandia. We just yeah. played at their softball field yesterday. Or, or if there's chicken, like large amounts of mm-hmm. chickens, that can. Yeah, 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 out towards like our inland area. Unless there's it's some... a norm. Like if yeah. you get into certain communities where that's just part of your life, land, then yeah. then that's different. Yeah, as long as everybody has it <laughs> when you're comparing some different. Some, yeah, yeah. yeah you've got cows, we got chickens. Another factor which Lauren kind of got into was the square footage of the home and the lot. So when you are running your comps, make sure you're comparing somewhat apples to apples. It doesn't have to be the exact lot size or the exact same size of house, but run it you know within a certain parameters. When your agent runs it, they're going to make sure it's not too wide of a spread. Land's the most expensive thing here. So a 
lot that's 7,500 square foot in a standard neighborhood, and then there's one that's 16,000 square feet Mm -hmm. end of a cul-de-sac. Same house, significantly different price, like more than you would think Mm -hmm. in California because of the the there's a big value on the land part of the equation mm-hmm. and and the lot sizes are just shrinking shrinking and shrinking yeah. with newer construction too so it's even more of a premium for those kind of older neighborhoods ha- that have those bigger lots two other factors are going to be the age of the home and more importantly the condition of the home because if the the home is you know 1978 and untouched since then it's mm-hmm. going to be not as valuable obviously but if the condition if they came in remodeled it put it up to today's standards as far as kitchen and showers and in the flooring and all that kind of stuff it does add a ton of value so kind of what have you done to your house and changing main systems too so for those houses that were built in the 60s and 70s it's did you change the plumbing did you change the electrical how many times did you replace the roof things like that too are big factors there's some in the older neighborhoods that are functionally obsolete i mean i sold one in lucadia not that long ago that was a three bedroom one bath house you know how well that goes over with people with kids. Uh, one one bath. That would um, be fun. That's functionally obsolete. But yeah. um, hey, it sold for over a million bucks. So those are some of the factors too. If you've got an older house and you've updated it, put new bathrooms in, yours is going to be worth more than your average neighbor. And a few other factors are kind of amenities. You got a pool. You have a garden. How's the landscaping? A unlandscaped lot that's been kind of you know dead grass. The backyard's just all mulch, all that kind of stuff is going to be less valuable than something that's like somebody's put some time into. They built out an outdoor kitchen, kind of maybe a barbecue area. They have some pavers everywhere. They have a nice looking front lawn, all that kind of stuff has to be taken into account as well. I have a question for you, Chris. Is a pool always a positive? No. Simple. (laughs) No. Pool condition is huge too. Uh, some, Some people move into a house... And do not want the pool. Well, it had a buddy up in Oceanside who moved into his house and had a pool, and they took it out. In that case, it was negative value to them. It cost them money. It cost them money to, to get really- in, rip it out, fill it in, all that kind of stuff. So uh, pool is and, not necessarily and always good. That's a great point, though, that you're bringing up. I've had people, if, especially if you're a single story and you tend to lean towards older people buying it, there's more than 50% of those folks that don't want a pool. Like not that they would have one. They do not want one, won't buy a house with one. So that lowers the number of people looking. A quick solve for one of those years ago was to spend $8,000 and fill it, get rid of the pool. Mm -hmm. And then the house magically was worth actually way more than the $8,000 because you open it up to older buyers which was the neighbor, you know, single story. When is it? Well, there's the other side of the coin where if you're in a luxury neighborhood and you're expected to have a pool. One of the important parts of all of this is saying the correct price on your home. And remember, the asking price you put on your home is not necessarily the sales price. It's a part of the marketing. It's part of where you position your home and very, you know, it all depends on what the market's like. Talk to your real, your real estate agent professional about what kind of pricing strategies are actually working in your current market. So with all that kind of in mind for how to price a house, um, definitely lean on your agent. It is really important. And and as we kind of move forward, you know, in further into 2022 and beyond, it's going to be even more important to have an agent that's had experience in different markets, not just the crazy last two years. Um, Because as a listing agent over the last two years, it hasn't been that challenging to sell a house. As long as you're doing the right things, take getting good photos, pricing it even somewhat close to market value, it's been pretty easy. 
when the market gets tougher, and if you find an agent that hasn't been in that tougher market, it is going to be harder for them to adjust accordingly or give you the right advice for setting your your purchase price or your uh, list price right off the bat. So that's just something to consider when you're looking at agents is finding experience kind of across a few different markets because that is a huge factor. And if you don't already have a real estate agent, definitely hit us up. Go to howtosellahousepodcast.com. We know agents in your neck of the woods so we can help point you in the right direction. And if you are looking to sell here in San Diego, definitely reach out to us. Go to our website. There's a whole ton of other resources on there too and all of our other episodes. So if you are getting ready to sell your house, there is a ton of information right there for you. Thanks for listening.